Good morning. Uh, we're starting Perek Hazeri today. This is uh, basically the a big Perek, which in, not large in size, but it's a big Perek in terms of Meleches Hotor. Um, and it's really the last Perek. We've had, I think, about three, four Perokim already dealing with uh, four Perokim, at least de- dealing with different aspects of Hotor. We had in the first Perek, we had quite a bit there to do with actual taking out. We've had, uh, we've had the fifth and sixth parak in terms of what you're allowed to carry. In fact, we've had many more prokim than that if you go in terms of that. Then we've had quite a few prokim dealing with what are the shurim with regards to taking out, right? Yeah. Starting from the seventh, eighth, ninth, a little bit in the tenth, and that ninth to the eleventh. So we've had, uh, this is going to be the, more or less the, the, uh, the, the final parak which, which uh, concentrates on that. So going straight into it, this time we're going to be t- talking more about Zurich and Moshet. Zodiac obviously re- regards to, um, refers to throwing something from one domain to another. Well, I suppose in Rosh Hashanah as well. And Moshe re- uh, refers to stretching something across from one domain to another. Okay? These are the two things we're going to be dealing with in this Mishnah. So let's jump straight into the Mishnah. Somebody who throws something, he takes a board, he throws it across from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. The uh, Bartanura goes to great length to explain what a Rosh and what a Rosh is, unless people particularly want me to read through the Bartanura, I'd assume the people gen- get the, have the general idea of what a Rosh and a Rosh are. Think of your back garden, throwing that in your back garden into the, I don't know, uh, Great North Circular, maybe a Rosh I mean, we, we, we like to think it's not a Rosh because otherwise that causes problems for the, obviously, the Arab, yes. So, We'd like to say it's a karma list, but obviously that depends on the 600,000 question. But for any Sephardim here, which we don't seem to have, but any Sephardim, that would constitute an Isidur Isa, right? Because they don't, definitely do not hold the 600,000, at least when it comes to Isidur Isa. Yeah, we... Yes, that's the shit in the Mechaba. But uh, as I was saying to a Sephardi just on Erev Shabbos, there is a stira to that. In one place in the Mechaba, obviously in the, the main place where the Mechaba discusses, in Chimem Hay, I think it is, when he discusses what the Rishu is, what makes what Rishus, the Mechabah does not mention the 600,000. does not go with that. He goes with the Rishonim who don't require 600,000. There's a stira because in Hilcha Shabbos we did come across once. Um, don't ask me where. But in, in Issa Hitzah, probably the jewellery uh, things, he talks. He does mention the 600,000. So the Bi'a just says, oh, okay, the Mechabah just mentioned there is such a shitter, but we don't hold of that. But Reb Mintzian Abashol, who's one of the big Sfadi poskim, it was previous generation, major, major play. He says, no. He says, the Mechaba only won't use the 600,000 when it comes to Isuri de Raisa. But in the other, which is talking about jewellery and these sort of things, I think it was probably where it came, those are all Isuri de Rabbonon of Hitzol. When you're talking about Isuri de Rabbonon, he would use the 600,000. Okay? Which obviously makes enough community even for Sephardim. You know, for example, this, this uh, neighbour of mine, he's a Sephardi. When he came to Ebris, there was a whole complication. But his rob allowed him to ask a Goy, so I think I mentioned this before, to carry the food to the Ibris, despite the fact that for them, that's obviously is Hetzal, they don't hold the 600,000. So uh, how, could they, how, how could they do that? The answer is, because Amir al-Akum is an Isidur al-Bonon, unless, even as far as I'm agreed, that you, you, know, you can treat, the, treat the, uh, the Goya as an Ashkenazi or something like that, to come down the remote or something like that. But, uh, but you don't need to come on to that. According to Rebintia and Abashol, you're looking at a little puzzle there, but that's pretty posh. According to Rebintia and Abashol, Amir al-Akim is an Isidur al so you can ask a to... Yeah? 
that would be a nafkimina. But that's the general thing. Rishus Harabim is 16 amas wide. Let's say 600,000 people using it. Daily, not daily, living in the vicinity. That's more for Bezat Shemur and Erevin. Um, and Rishus Hayochid means, again, it's to go out a pure Rishus Hayochid. Four, let's keep it to four uh, mechitzas surrounding an area, which is one or four by four. And you throw it from one to the other. Okay, that's the Zayek Min Rishus Hayochid Rishus Harabim. Or a person throws something from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. Chayev, he's most definitely Chayev. There's nothing to speak about there. Most definitely he is Chayev. Rosh Hashanah. But what happens if a person throws something from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah? And Rosh Hashanah goes down the middle. So let's just say, for, to give ourselves some sort of scenario, let's say, um, Let's say you've got somebody, let's say the North Circular would be a Rosh Hashanah. Let's say that for a second, right? So you've got somebody who uh, has got a, a nice long throw and can throw from somewhere around uh, their back garden, King's Close, into the woodlands there, right? And can get it into uh, Jonathan's back garden. So that goes, obviously, from Rosh Hashanah, probably through another few Rosh Hashanah, this happens, but over the top of the Rosh Hashanah and into the Rosh Hashanah. Well, from my, my back garden to... Uh, your back garden. Yeah, but that doesn't go through Rosh Hashanah. I picked the. I want for the North Circular, right? Even even. Yeah, if you go from yours into mine, that's not using. There's definitely there's any. Rish, that, that, that's definitely that's one. That's one Rosh Hashanah and another Rosh Hashanah. Right. That's okay. That's a different case. Yeah, that's not okay, but it's not. Uh, it depends on whether we, whether we got an Arab. Mm. We set up an Arab between us, or right. But um, here, I'm just picking the most extreme Rosh Hashanah we've got in, I think, in northwest London, unless you go out into the M's or whatever you call it, right, the, the motorways there. But uh, so that, that let's, without getting controversial, let's assume for our purposes, let, let's call that Rosh Hashanah just to make some sort of scenario there. That's what we're talking about here. So, so you throw from one Rosh Hashanah to another Rosh Hashanah, um, and some people will tell you north, uh, not what's it called, the Great North Way. I could have picked that, you know, from Tenson Drive into uh, somebody on the other side, right? Same sort of idea. So, if a person did that, now, Rosh Hashanah, so you've got Rosh Hashanah in between the two Rosh Hashanah, Rabbi Akiva Mechaev, Rabbi Akiva says, you are Chaev. The Gemara will explain, dis- discuss why that is. Are we talking about it goes above Tenson or are we talking about it's kept within Tenzvachim? It's more like, an, like a bullet, right? You've got to chuck it across quite, quite low. Right? The point being, because above, besides anything else, above Tenzvachim in a... Um, not Tenzvachim, Tenzvachim, right? No, Tenzvachim, right? Tenzvachim. Getting confused here. Um, is, is in the Rishos HaRabim is already a Makoim Patur. That's one point to consider. You're throwing Rishos HaYochid... Maybe in Rosh Hashanah, but it goes in Makom Patur. Above Tent Fochim, yeah, your back garden, Rosh Hashanah, goes all the way up to the, all the way up to the sky, right? Avir Rosh Hashanah is Rosh Hashanah. But in the Rosh Hashanah Rabbim, above Tent Fochim is a Rosh is a, is a Makom Patur. Makom Patur is, you can carry the Chatzchil from one to the other. Right? So we talked about if you carry something above, above your head or something like that, right? It doesn't necessarily work. But, uh, so here that's, but it's, it's actually a little bit more than that. It's also to do with what they did in the Mishkan. Did they throw things? Did they carry things above tents of them? That's, that's uh, going to be... But at the moment, Russia doesn't tell us much about it. We did see in the first period discussion about this, the concept of Kulutuk Mishun Chodomia. I don't know if you remember anything about that. Kulutuk Mishun Chodomia means if you've got a projectile, 
do we consider it as it's flying through the air as if it's sucked down onto the ground? Either sucked down literally onto the ground, or that the ground rises up to it, and therefore it's viewed as being stationary as it's travelling. Okay, but that again will be discussed. Is that the shit of Rabbi Akiva or not? Is that what Rabbi Akiva is discussing here? But for some reason, Rabbi Akiva says Yechayev as it travels over, presumably because we view it as going Rosh Hashayachid to Rosh Hashayachid. So or Rosh Hashayachid to Rosh Hashayachid. Rabbi Akiva assumes it uh, doesn't assume it has to be less than 10 stopping above the ground. There's a discussion here whether we're talking about below or above 10 stopping. It could be, for example, I mean, I'll just tell you ahead of the game, if you just read what, what, two more words, the Chachomim Poetrin, the Chachomim Seyopotu. Okay? Now, there's two ways of learning that. As I said, we don't know this yet, but, well, we do from the first part, but that is, you could either learn, we're talking about below 10 Tzvachim, and the Machloikas here is whether we say Klotukamishon Chodomyo, it's flying through the air, yeah, flying through the air, so we view it as being Freeze it for a moment. So in which case it's gone from Rosh Hayochid to Rosh Hashanah And then Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah Let's, for the time being, let's just concentrate on the first part. Rosh Hayochid to Rosh Hashanah second part is a, not so partial, whether you'd be high about that. It's not also, taking in, right? Let's talk about the Hitzor, going from Rosh Hayochid out to Rosh Hashanah um, Yeah? You could learn that. That's one way of learning it. That even though it never actually came to rest in Rosh Hashanah but means as it's travelling through the Rosh Hashanah, we can look at it as if it's come to rest in the Rosh Hashanah. So in which case you've done a malach. The fact that it then continues on afterwards, that already is a separate thing. Whereas the Chachavim don't agree with that. They don't hold the Kulotik Mishonukhodomina. They say, it's not. It hasn't stopped. It never stopped in the Rosh Hashanah. That's one possibility. But above 10 Tzvachim, I'll tell you, everyone agrees it's completely possible because Kulotik Mishonukhodomina is in a Makom Petur. So also get it. if it stops in a Makom Petur, you're not going to be hired for that. Even the, even the airspace. Huh? Even though it's only airspace, it's not... Uh, even though it is only um, airspace. Oh, you, no, what, what do you mean? I mean, if it's a proper um, uh, Makom Petur, you can, uh, you, it's, it's strange to think it's just... Uh, airspace can be a Makom Petur. You can't place anything down in airspace. It the doesn't problem correct, but that, that's is, is there something as a yeah. A, but Kolotik and Mishon Chadomia does that. It views it as if it's come to rest in the airspace. That's the chiddush of Kolotik and Mishon Chadomia. When we get to it in the Gemara, we will discuss it. We didn't go into it very much in the first part. There was some very long toasts there. We skipped them, I think. Right? Is it, um, is it because they were trying to make looking for a way to make it free? No, 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 no. Kolotik and Mishon Chadomia is is a is a is a concept. Why do they want to invent that concept? It's not that they don't invent it. That's that's the that's the way we view it. We view it. It's like maharech koyme domi. If it happened, what's the situation? Yeah, it's 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 all. I mean, it's a bit like maharech koyme domi. You got machleks we had in the first part Ben Azai and Tamim there. If about as somebody's walking, do you view each step as if he's come to stop? Yeah. Again, yeah. So another concept we've come across is Kulut Commission Chodomo. Again, don't worry too much about it because we haven't in this period because it's, it's still to come. Okay. Um, so that's so that's the Kulutah. So that's one way of learning. The other way of learning it is that no, 
everyone agrees below 10 Tvachim, def- let's say you're definitely going to be Chayev. Let's just keep one Gersh, right? The Machlokis here is above 10 Tvachim. Did you say above 10 Tvachim? It was, well, Zurich was not done in the Mishkan. Moshit was stretching things out. And we lo- it's a question whether we learn Zurich from Moshit. Okay? Because Moshe, we're going to see the Choladeh, there is a case where you're if you stretch something out from one Rishas to another. So do we learn Zorik from Moshe? That's the two ways of learning this for the, for the, for the time being. Okay? Let's keep, keep uh, moving. But as I said, Rashi doesn't tell us that. So for the moment, we just have to pretend we don't know anything, right? We don't know why Rabbi Akiva says Yechayev. We don't really know why the Chacham say Yopotor. We don't know for the time being. But then the Mishnah goes on and says, Ketzad. Now we're coming to explain the position of the Rabbana. So what we've said so far is, we've said if a person throws something from Rishus Hayochid to, and obviously if you throw Rishus Hayochid to Rishus Rabbim or vice versa, you're definitely Chayev. That, there's nothing to discuss. You throw it from your back garden to the Rishus Rabbim, you're going to be Chayev. Or vice versa. But if you throw from Rishus Hayochid to another Rishus Hayochid, but through a Rishus Rabbim, it flies over the Rishus Rabbim, the Akiva says you're Chayev, the Chachom say you Says the Mishnah, Ketat. Meaning to say, what is the case? How do you get such a case that the Chachamim say you're potter? Is that always, or are there certain cases where the Chachamim say you would be Chayev? So here we go. Ketzad. Shtekazuz Tarois Zukanegazu. I'm starting with the way Rashi explains it, and that is if you've got two, let's say, balconies, right? Because Tarois basically just means something sticking out from a building. In our pub, we'd call it a merpesa, a balcony. So you've got a balcony on two sides of the road. Either side of the Rosh Okay? So in between you've got the width of the Rosh Yeah? So imagine this, the table here. This is the, is the Rosh Hashanah. This is my house. I've got, I'm standing on my balcony. You're sitting on your balcony there. And I chuck something across to you. Right? That's Rosh Hashanah. The Rosh Hashanah. If you throw something across, but even if you're Moshit, Moshit means I pass something across. So I take a pole and I give it across to you. And potter. Not only if I throw it across, even if I pass something across. Now the Chiddush here is because Moshit was done in the Mishkan. How do you think they, what do you think they did with the beams? They had these huge Kroshim there, right, the huge beams. When they wanted to travel, what did they do with them? They put them onto the wagons. And they pass them from what we'll see. They pass them from one wagon to another. But the point is, the reason why you're not chayv is, I'll tell you this is what Rashi is going to say, is that this. You have the Mishkan here, and they're ready to dismantle it. So they get the wagons to come along. Okay? So the wagons come along. Yeah? And you have four wagons. For the people who are carrying the beams, they've got the four wagons there. So they come along, and they park it next to where the Mishkan is. So you have two wagons, two by two. So two next to the Mishkan and two in front of it. But it's two by two. Okay? Now, then what they do is they take down the Mishkan and they start passing on the beams. So they pass... No, no, this, well, this is the way it was done in the Mishkan. So this is where we're going to learn from. Yeah, it wouldn't have taken place on Shabbos, that's quite correct. So they take down the Mishkan and they pass the beams onto the wagons next to it. The two wagons next to it. Which will, the way the beams actually travelled was, if these are the wagons, they travel, the, 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 uh, the beams would travel, this will come in the Gemara, they travel 
sort of across the two wagons. So you have two, you have a convoy of two sets of two wagons. Half the beams would be on one, one set and the other beams, and because they're so long, you, you can't have them, if they were just traveling on one wagon, they'd just tip off. So they'd rest between the two wagons. There was a certain amount in between them. The ends resting on the wagons and they traveled along like that. So what they would do is they would pass it on to the first set, the set next to the Mishkan, and then they would, lo- they would pass them on to the first, the ones in front. And the ones in front, once that was, was filled up, then the, the wagons next to the Mishkan, they'd keep them for themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah? Okay. So that being the case, think about it. Was there any Moshit from the equivalent of what we just talked about? You've got a balcony on this side of the Rosh Hashanah, a balcony on the other side of the Rosh Hashanah, and you stretch, the, let's say the beams, you'd stretch it across the Rosh Hashanah. That didn't happen in Mishkan. Because the only stretching across would be from one set of wagons to the other set of wagons. Sorry? Yeah. But there wouldn't have been sort of the width of the Rosh Hashanah in between. So tell me... I don't know how to explain this very well. If you've got, if you imagine, right, this is, this is our Rosh Hashanah, so it's running down here, right, these tables, it's running, yeah? You were uh, um, a paper behind you. Uh, I don't know if we've got a pen. It's fine, it's, I'll explain it with this, yeah? So you've got, you've got your, uh, your things here, right? Okay, so here we go. Yeah, that's, that's my, uh, that's, that's the wagons, okay? Two wagons there, just imagine that's two, Okay. Two wagons and two wagons. The Mishkan is built here. Okay, excellent, thank you. Right, here we go. Here's going to be the beam. Okay, this spoon is the beam. So we take the first one, yeah? Where, so where's the Rosh Hashanah? The Rosh Hashanah is, it runs down here. The two wagons, two and two and two, park next to the Mishkan. Mishkan's here, next to the, the... So they take the first beam and they pass it on. They pass it on to the ones in front. Has there been any Moshit across the width of the Rosh Hashanah? No. Because these are right next to the Mishkan. The wagon are parked right next to the Mishkan. Correct? They're not... If you had it like this, if you had it like that, they'd be passing it across the width of the Rosh Hashanah. But they're not. These are parked in front. So they're parked in front, you're passing a lo- across the length. If anything, there's a tiny bit of length of Rosh Hashanah in between. So you'd be passing it across to there. Right? And they pile them up like that. And when they're finished, then they start piling them up on this. And then once they're finished, they travel off like that. So the Moshe, the only stretching across, well, between one wagon and another, there's not, there's not much of a Rosh Hashanah in between. I mean, there's a slight gap, but not enough to be a Rosh Hashanah. Yeah? So that's not really Moshe from one to another. So you'd rather, it's, the only Moshe which is happening is you pass it across from one set of wagons to the other set of wagons. That's across the length of the Rosh Hashanah, not across the width. So therefore, that's why we're saying here as well. If you've got your Moshit, yeah, to another Rosh these are the Rosh Hayofit, the wagons of the Rosh Hayofit, from one side to the other side of the road, across the width of the Rosh Hayofit, that you don't have the Mishkan. Therefore, you're possible. Is that clear? Does that make sense? Can I just have a couple of questions? Did yeah. Why did they have to pass it from one to the other. Why don't they move it to the first set, then move them along and put it up to the second? Why did they have to have the... the Why they did that? I don't know. That's, that's the way Rashi, Rashi says they did it. And, and, and in the Mishkan, 
there wouldn't have been a width of Rosh Hashanah because it was just one expanse. So was the Midbar not a Carmelis? Sorry? Is the Midbar not a Carmelis? No, not, not when there were 600,000. The Gemara in the first paragraph asked that. There's a stereo there where the Midbar is a Carmelis or it's a Rosh Hashanah. And it says, nowadays it would be a Carmelis. You know, no one goes in the Midbar. But when you've got 600,000. So it's to say again? So we, we talked about the difference of the width of the calmness, uh, of the of the rather, as opposed to the length. But in the midbar, in the midbar, you gave the example here. But when when, 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 when I talk about width, you're right. When when we talk about width and length, just means that as you walk along. Imagine imagine like you're great north way as people walking up the pavement. That that I'm calling the length. Across it is the width. So it's just relative to where, which direction people are walking. As opposed to boundary. Yeah. We're not, we're not looking for the boundary, as he, as he says, in the midball. Now the midball would be a carbonist. It wouldn't be a... It's like a massive set of fields. Or not. But, but here, we're, look, we're looking at the direction. So they're going to be travelling in this direction. I mean, it's possible you asked before, why didn't they just you know, pile up one? And maybe... I, I don't know. It could be because it, that was really... Because the first one that moves... We don't want anything to move until the Mishkan is already moving a little bit. It's considered travelling a little bit. I don't know because maybe we need everything ready and then we travel. I don't know. It's a good question. But that, that is the way they did it. Okay? So that's why Moshit and Zerik in that fashion is going to be Potter. Whereas, If the two of them were Now this is the way Rashi explains it. means they are on the same side of the road. So that means, imagine you've got Mr. Goldstalk and Jonathan there, right there in their separate balconies. Okay? So you're on the same side of the road. Here's the Rosh Hashanah, it passes in front of you. So between your two balconies, looking down, there'll be a little bit of length of Rosh Hashanah. That's what we're calling length as opposed to width. Now that is really similar to the Mishkan, isn't it? Because that's the same sort of thing. The Rosh Hashanah is passing here. So as you pass the beams from the call it the back set of two, to the front set, you're passing it from one balcony, we'll call it, to another balcony, with a bit of Rosh Hashanah, length of Rosh Hashanah in between. It's the same side of the road. Right? So that's similar to the Mishkan. So there we say, ah, if they were both on the same side of the Rosh Hashanah, so if you pass it across, you're going to be chayev, but if you throw it across your bottom, this is the shit of the Rabbonon. Rabbi Kiva disagrees with this, but this is the shit of the Rabbonon. Because that was the Aveda of the Rabbim, that's the way the Rabbim did it. Two wagons, one behind, two sets of wagons, in other words, one behind the other. In the Rishusarabim, they'd stretch across the beams from one set to the other set of two. You can imagine the weight of these beams, by the way. You don't throw them around. So there's any... I would have thought maybe a lack of COVID when you're talking about it. You, but even without that, the weight... We have this little... because We've we, we, we only seen little models in the Michigan. Do you, know, do you know how big these beams were? Ten armors. Yeah, ten armors high. That's... So talk, put, putting that into a, about five meters high. Let's just round it off. Right? Five meters high. By one armor? By one and a half armors. Yeah, one arm is 50 centimetres by, uh, by 75 centimetres. So you're talking about a beam, which is probably, I'm not very good at, what's that? I mean, look, 
let's say, say this. This is about 35 centimeters, right? Actually, from the Gemara, by about 40-ish centimeters. Yeah? So you double this up. So imagine this was another one here. Four of these. That's sort of the width and the... A rough. A rough sort of thing, right? Another one here. And two more here. It gives you a rough idea. And then all the way up to the ceiling and beyond. It's pretty heavy. Okay? And as I said, we just have these pictures growing up. We have these little models there. But that, that's just one beat. They had 20 of these, another, you know, 20 on that. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu had Siyat Hashemar. The, the yeah, can you imagine when, when he puts up the mission? It's very possible. The Rabbeinu must have been quite tough. You know, I'd better start working out here. <laughs> either, either, either that or I'll, I'll, I'll stick to the singing. I'm surprised that the sockets added much stability to something so big. The sockets were also an armor deep. These were huge, uh, you know, they're not these little tiny uh, things, yeah. But remember, you, you, had, the, you had the sockets, then you had the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the, yeah, the brachim, so you got one pass through, and, and then you got the, the rings, always wondered how much, I mean, obviously they did, you know, they were doing, but they also connected the top. And then you had the fact that the, the walls were connected, so it's all, uh, wind have blown down in the storm, that's so. But, uh, yeah, that, that was, it, it was much bigger than we have this uh, picture in our mind. It was, it was a big, big construction. Yeah, obviously, we're, uh, based on it, we don't, don't need that part of it. But uh, we know that we, we know the kerning had to be very, very strong. We know that, right? Because they, they had to, again, you better be, be aware of this, they had to be able to chuck the bird. Was it the bird which part of it? Was it? No, sorry, it's the part of the bird, the, the, uh, the stomach. They had to be able to chuck it, chuck it across the Mizbeach. I remember the Mizbech was some 30, 32 hours, I mean, depending on which part of the Mizbech they were standing on. I mean, that's some 16 meters. And the, uh, the way it was explained to me in school was it's like trying to take a piece of paper and throw it. Papers, you know, they said the Kernan was super strong to be able to do that. Would that still be No, because they had to throw it because it, it was uh, next to the Mizbech, to the, to the ramp. I can't remember the exact question. You can work it out exactly where it was. That, that was what it was explained to me. It was like, it was like throwing a piece of paper. Because I'll say how, how strong they, they had to be to do, do all these things. Whether there was a certain level of Seattle as well, that I don't know. But uh, Anyway, so but the, the bottom line is they were not throwing these beams around. No one was throwing these beams around. So therefore, you don't find any action of throwing in the Mishkan. Passing you do. But Dafka, says Rashi, the way Rashi explains it, across one side of the... When both balconies are on the same side. Across, you don't find anything. Cross the roads, you don't find any. Doesn't mean it's mutter, but it's not. It's not chayav. That's the way Rashi explains it. Let's take a look at Rashi now, just to see that one inside. Hazerik Rabbi Akiva mechayev. Time of the The Gemara will be explained. Uh, sorry, the reason will be explained in the Gemara. Why Rabbi Akiva says throwing something uh, cross from one rishus hayoch to another rishus hayoch is chayav. You have to wait for the Gemara to see why. This is the Rabbanon speaking because you'll see all Zerik is potter. That's not Rabbi Akiva. It's the Rabbanon speaking here. Gazuz Torois, what are they? Zizen Hayutzin Minakosel. They are things jutting out from the wall. It's a bit like, uh, obviously it's going to be bigger than nails, but that's a ziz, means something jutting out from the wall. Umanichin Alein Nesorin Lahalich. And then you place planks across them to walk. Okay, so basically you've got these things jutting out from the wall, you place your planks on, you can walk across. Yeah, from one. So now you've got two little poles jutting out from the wall, and that's how you build your balcony. That's your Gazuz Torois. Zu Keneged Zu means Bishnei Tzidei Rosh Hashanah on the two sides of the Rosh Hashanah Behein Rosh Hashanah Each of them each of the Gazuz Torois is a Rosh Hashanah 
because they are ten tefachim up, and they are four tefachim wide. So they are Rosh Hashayachid, and um, yeah, that's it. Right, we, we could use P Tikra and all these sort of things, but each of them is a is a uh, is a um, so it's ten tefachim by four tefachim on either side of the Rosh Hashayachid. So if you throw something across or you pass something across, you are positive, says Rashi. Why? Because if you don't find throwing across or passing across in the Malach of the Mishkan, with the width of the Rosh Hashanah separating between them, because that was not the Abid of the Rabbim, to stretch, to pass, pass across the beams from one wagon to another, next to it, rather the Abid was to pass it from one set of wagons to the ones in front of it. Rashi goes on to explain why. Because the Bnei Merori who were, were responsible for the beams, they had four wagons. So you notice in Karsha Mishkan that they used to carry the, they would carry the beams of the Mishkan. Um, they would go with two wagons together. Each one, right, next to each other. As we say in the Gemara. When they would take apart the Mishkan, little in Alawa Goddess to uh, pile it up on the on the wagons. They would have the Agolis stationed, standing, as they would travel. Two wagons next to each other, right next to where the Mishkan is. And then other two next to each other, in front of them. As they would walk, across the length, ready to move. That's the moving across the length of the Rosh Hashanah, down the road. So he wrote in the that they wanted to travel, maybe making the point that Mr. Friedman was making there, because there wasn't uh, a built Rosh Hashanah there. It's Rosh Hashanah is defined by the direction they were taking to travel. Across the length, down, down the length. Down the length, that's right. Yeah, if you yeah, parked on the pavement sort of thing, ready on the... This, the uh, Did they know which way they were going to travel at that point? Oh, yes, because he got the Amazon on. Correct, that's what Rashi says. Next, next words. onon. Following behind the... the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the pillar of the crowd, right? You had the crowd there. The, so that indicates where, where they were travelling. which was going in front of them. Mishkan, those responsible for dismantling the Mishkan, they would stretch across the beams, to the wagons, two wagons, which were next to the Mishkan, and they would then pass them on to those in front of them. They never had to pass them across from one wagon to another wagon. Because they were both next to Prokham Mishkan. In other words, what that means to say is, it's not Peshat that you'd pass it to one wagon and they would pass it across to the other wagon. No. They would literally take the, take the beams and put it onto the two... The beams were too long. The wagons, we'll see, were five, five amas across. The beams... No, well, that doesn't make sense. They were ten amas, um, so the wagons must have been. We're going to get our sixteen. There must be something, something. Ah, sorry, because it's going to because we've got to work into tefachim. Got to work work into tefachim, not not in amas, right? Once we work into tefachim, we'll see. But the, the the bottom line is, we're going to have the. Um, the logical it's the, the things here resting across. So they would take the beams and they would pass it straight onto the two wagons. And they would then pass it onto the ones in front. I'm going in the opposite direction now, right? But 
they would pass on. So the only actual picking up and passing it across would be from one set of wagons to the other set of wagons. But into the wagon, they wouldn't pass across from one, from one wagon to another. They would literally just put it from the Mishkan straight onto the two wagons. So there's no Moshit there. It's just literally from Mishkan, Rishasayochid, to Rishasayochid. Then, from there to the other wagons, that would be from one balcony to another balcony across the length. And there would be a little bit of gap in between. Yeah? Is that clear? That's what Rashi is saying here. Um, yeah, but that, 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 that would have been taken off already. Okay. They take that off and that, that would be carried out. And separately. then they move the wagons in. Um, the space where the curtains have been. Oh, you mean, you mean the chotza? Yeah, uh, presumably. Presumably. Yeah, very possibly. Um, although, as it happens, that would also be Rosh Hashanah. Even if they had a park next to it and they were carrying the beams, I mean, you'd think it's a little. It wouldn't be the most um, uh, productive way of doing it. Even if they couldn't remove the curtains of the chutz until afterwards, they were high enough to be restored so they could carry them out. But that, that would still be all right. Okay, so um, right, But we said that if both of them, the two balconies, were in one diyuta, kolomah says Rashi. What does it mean? It means they're on one aliyah, they're on one level, one sort of one building next to another. Across the length of the Rosh Hashanah, then we say, um, sorry, I just lost it there. Yeah, our bias across the literally the face of the house, and there is an, a gap of Rosh Hashanah looking down in between them. Okay, so it's from from one building to the to the to the adjacent building. If you throw something across from one balcony to another, you're still potter. Says Rashi, since it's above ten tefachim. And we don't find throwing from one Rishasayach to another Rishasayach, not across the, the length and not across the width of the Rishasayach. You see, the thing is like this. If it was a below 10 Tzvachim, then I could start getting involved in the Shaila of which means that as it's passing through the air, we view it as if it's, it's on the ground. In which case, then we don't need to start asking ourselves, was it done in the Mishkan, was it not done in the Mishkan? Well, it's gone from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. If you throw something from Rosh Hashanah, we don't start saying, oh, but they didn't throw it like that in the, in, in the, in the Mishkan. That's obviously Chayev. If you throw it from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah, if it comes to rest. The only complication here is it didn't come to rest. So we have to ask ourselves the following. Ah, maybe we could use Kalut Commission Chodom it's like it's come to rest. That won't help us because it's above 10 Tzvachim. Above 10 Tzvachim, it's coming to rest in a Makom Petur. That's no use. So then I say, okay, but maybe in the Mishkan they did it like this. If it was done in the Mishkan, you're going to be chayed because of that. Forget your Makom Petur. If that's, it was done in the Mishkan, you're going to be chayed. It's a Malach on the Mishkan. Oh, it wasn't done in the Mishkan like this. So whichever way you look at it, there's no way of being mechayed you. Below Tantafachim, then I won't say, oh, it, it wasn't done in the Mishkan. I may say, but you've got Kluts Mishkan Chodome. That's going to be a shayed in the Gemara. Do the Rabban hold of it? Do they not? But we don't know much about that yet. Okay? Rashi seems he's just keeping it easy now making it as easy as possible for us, and says, it's above 10 Tzvachim. If it's above 10 Tzvachim, there's no reason, as far as the Rabbonon are concerned, to say the Yochayev. Again, why? Because above 10 Tzvachim, Kulot Kemishon Chodomir is not Shayev. That's also not so possible, by the way, but I'm sticking with what Rashi says. Yeah? Let's just assume that, because Kulot Kemishon Chodomir, so what, it comes to rest where? Above 10 Tzvachim, that's not Erosh Hashanah, that's Mekom Petur. 
Yeah? That's if you it's coming to rest where it is. But if you view it coming to rest on the ground, okay, that's, we don't know that, right? Yeah, that's the... And in terms of the way it was done in the Mishkan, it wasn't done in the Mishkan. They don't throw beams. Not this way and not that way. You wouldn't throw beams at all. Okay? So therefore, there's no reason to be Mechaib. Whereas Rabbi Akiva has got reasons why he's Mechaib. Even above 10, possibly, he learned Zerik, he learned, uh, Zerik from Moshe. Moshe that was passing across. When it's beams, it's definitely going below. Uh, you can't possibly get it, you know, get it above 10 to Depends how high the wagons were. Oh. It's most likely and it would have been about 10, because remember, 10 to for him, 10 to for him, you're... Mm, that's true. 10 to for him is... Yeah. And once you put one on top of the other one, no, then it's definitely about if you put one on top yeah, of the other yeah. one. So each yeah, one, each, each, each yeah. crushroom is five yeah. or six. Yeah. 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 So yeah. once the second one's on top of it, it's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. And that would be only if it was on the ground. Yeah, yeah. 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 The chassis was below the yeah. screen yeah. possible. Yeah, you've got to remember it's not to get confused because you get to, not you got between Tefachim and Amos. It's obviously is a one to six ratio there. Yeah, yeah? six Tefachim and an Amos. Mm. Keep it like that. Yeah, you probably need uh, some sort of ladder uh, next to the weapon as well. So to carry, you have to carry a, a ladder. The wagons are not wagons like, like you're thinking of wagons. Right? Again, this will all be all we'll spoken about in the Gemara. What the wagons actually look? They're not wagons as in these golden, you know, these golden chariots with the, you know. Uh, pulled by horse and it is, it's not like that it's more of like a bit like this by the way mm-hmm. not much different to that yeah I don't know if that one will make it for the Mishkan but, uh, but it, it, it's, it'll look something more like mm. that you'll see those mm. if you've got two sets of two wagons and you've got to take all the beams from that the weight of one beam that's why I said it, w- it won't be quite like that I mean it's, the design is more like that they obviously had bigger, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it's that sort of thing, in other words, open, it wasn't, uh, where you had somebody sitting there, there was no one sitting on the wagons there, whipping a horse or anything like that. Huh? A huge amount of weight, that's right. Yeah. Okay, um, so, the Hamoshet is Chayev, it wouldn't be your job. Because we find similar to this, even though it was above ten, but Mishkan in the Mishkan, with a bit of the length of the Rosh separating between them. That's as we said, from one set of wagons to the other, you're passing across the length. Down the length. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because that was the Aved of the Ravim. And it goes on to explain how we find this sort of thing done in terms of the Avedah. Because with the two Agodos, when you got, you know, there's the two sets of wagons following each other, the and the Mishkan, the people dismantling the Mishkan, would pass them to the Agodos next to them. And they would then pass them down to the ones in front of them. Okay? They would never throw the beams. Those beams could not be thrown because of their weight. Okay? So, um, yeah, okay. That's, that's the way Rashi, Rashi has, ex, uh, has explained it. There is, 
There is another way of explaining it. I'm, I'm only mentioning this not for, for confusion, rather because it links back to something we actually discussed, not this week, but the week before in the Shabbat Shir. I think there's probably a connection. And that is the following. The way we explain this way, Rashi, the Ritval brings, yeah, and that seems to be the way most Rishonim explain it. But there is another school of thought, I think it's from High God, who says, no, the Diyota Achas and Shtey and Zukanegazu means something else. You see, if you, if you pick something up, yeah, and I pass it across to you, if it was this, if it was this spoon, right, there's no way this spoon is going to be in my balcony when it reaches your balcony. But if you've got a very long beam, it would still remain in my balcony. We're literally picking it up from my balcony and stretching it across, but it remains partially in my balcony. Yeah? Now he learns, he learns that's the discussion here. And it's just to do with what's normal when, when it's across the, the width of the Rosh Hashanah or down the length. That's how close they are. That's really where we're getting at. But it's nothing to do with whether you're going across the, the width of the Rosh Hashanah, whether you're going down the length. It's got nothing to do with that per se. It's more to do with whether it's left the Rosh Hashanah, uh, the Rosh Hashanah, the first one, or it has not. Whether it still remains in there. He says that's really what we're discussing. When you're talking about, shtig, when you're talking about probably a much bigger distance it's got to travel, therefore I would have picked it up I got it the right way around them. Before I say anything, let me just double check. I don't tell you the wrong way around now. It won't be in the back. Huh? No, it won't be there either. I don't think so. I didn't find it in any of the, the other machine, but you can have a look. Here we go, right. The way we've explained it is Rashi. Then says, Avarabinu Haizal Pirish. Zuadin the Koshim Moshit Afilik Shiroch of Rishus Haram Bensa. Now it's Moshit, even if you've got the width going down, you know, passing across like this, that's still Moshit. The Ein Hahat Potter El Abedova Shu Moshit is to do with the thing you're stretching across. Nothing to do with which direction, nothing to do with that. I take a long pole and I stretch it across. So one side, one side of the pole is in my rishus, one's in yours. And you've got the rishus in between. Whether it's down, whether it's going down, or whether it's going across, makes no difference. 
Oz Nikron Moshe. That's called Moshe. Where do you get the Lashon of Moshe like that? You have to go back two weeks. Midoshin Asher Yoshit Loi Hamelech and Esther. He stretched to to her the the scepter as if like to her hand. He was holding one 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 end of it still. That's Asher Yoshit. Avalim Adavashu Moshe Misroiken Negamri Mirushus Zeh Umenicha Mirush Tayachid Acher. If you literally let I, I I give it across. I'm passing it across. It's no longer actually in my Rishus. It's too short to be able to be in both Rishus simultaneously. Rather, I put it into your balcony by way of the... Ain't there car? Nah, that's not the Nikra Moshe. That's not called Moshe. El Moetzimir Rishus L'Rishus. That's Moetzimir Rishus L'Rishus. Shu Potter, that's Potter. That's taking from what Because you're going from one Rishus to another. Well, you won't be high for that. Why are you Potter? Kim and Shu Akira, but I'm not going to say Since you've done Akira and Rishus Sayopit, and you've done Hanok and Rishus Sayopit. You picked it up in the Rishasarach and you put it down in the Rishasarach. Right, then you'd be Potter. But Hodik Tani, that which we teach in the Sefer, Yishtem B'diyotah Achaz, they're both in one Diyotah, then Yechayev, Kalayma Ba'erach Rishasarabim, that was down the length of Rishasarabim? No, Urchad and Milsan Achaz, that's just because when it's down the length, they'll be closer together. Right, we'll assume. You've got your two balconies a little closer. Shein Derech Lossi's Kerem Rishasarach, 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 If you want it to rest on both, you wouldn't do it down the, down the, uh, across uh, the witness, right? But Isaiah's Kimik Sassman up, and some of the agree with that. Then he goes on and says, but Rashi and all the others, they go with the way we've explained it. And they say that Loshan of Moshe comes from, from the Loshan of Lo Yushit Odom Kos Yain Lenozit. Yeah, don't stretch out a cup of wine. Well, it's not a long uh, thing. It means giving it to somebody. And therefore, they say quite the opposite. On the contrary, Moshe, maybe it's interesting, the Loshan is there, he says, Abba Moriah, you're over, Behebach, Shittas Rashizal, the other Abba, Nikro Moshe, Elokesh, Oka Adova, Legamre Mirashaseh. No, on the contrary, Moshe is literally when you pick it up from one Rashus, and you put the pole into the other Rashus. Actually, when you think about it in the, in the Mishnah, I suppose it depends on which part of the Moshe they were doing. It could be initially when they passed the poles across, it was uh, sort of between the two wagons, between the two sets, and then they gradually pulled it onto the, the, the set of wagons in front. But initially it could be it was staggering between the two. So that's the question here, which part is the actual motion? That's not called motion when it's staggering the two Roshiyas. To be chayev, you've got to have both. You've got to have Akira and Hanocha and the change of Rashus. The Moshe is like we said in our desire. We're talking about two sides of the river. Well, the, the cup of wine is not going to be staggering the two sides of the river. Understand, it's going from one side to the other. And he says, how to explain the last part of the Mishnah? Each one will explain it accordingly. So again, according to Rashi, Moshe means I pick up my beam, okay, and I'm standing here. Here's your, I put it across there. That, that's Moshe. So it depends on which direction I'm going, that's Moshe. Yeah? According to the Rabbeinu Hai, no, 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 no. That's Moshe Mirashus Lurashus, and you'll be part of that. Because I picked it up in my Rishus Hayochit, and I put it down in your Rishus Hayochit. Akira Anok has been Rishus you're not going to be hired for that. Yeah? According to Rashi, no, that's Moshe. That's what Moshe tells me. Yeah? On the... So says Rabbi Nahai, what's the case of Moshe where you can be Chayev? 
that's where I put it. I'm standing on this side, and I put it onto your side, and it's resting between the two now, with the Rosh Hashanah in between. That's the case of Moshe Yechayi. Rashi says, no, you're definitely not high for that, because it's not gone from one Rosh It's never left this Rosh completely. And we've learned that already, you remember that? If it doesn't leave completely from the Rosh your potter, even though part of it is ready in the Rosh Hashanah. Well, I really want to get... And then how to explain it with the, with the wagons, that's just a question of how you view the Moshe. Did, are we talking about Moshe was like this, you picked it up and put it down there? Or did they pass it across like that first, and then sort of angle it around? It's just, you can play around with it, how to learn the case with the wagons. Each one will fit it in with, with their... With their uh, what, the main point I want to ask you is, what are they arguing about? There's something very eusadistic here. What are they arguing about? And since we've only got literally one minute, I'll tell you. What they're arguing about is, I believe, I think it's pretty clear, is if you remember the run in Perak, um, Perak, um, in, you know, in the, the 39 Milochas there, right? Seven. Seven Perak, that's right. So an Ayin Gimel there, he says, he asks, when it says in the Mishnah, Vahamitsi Mirashus Lerashus, yeah? So he asks what happened to carrying Baladam and Spirish Sarabim, he did this very quickly last, you know, two weeks ago. But another question he asks is, what happened to Moshe? Why is that not mentioned in the Mishnah? So he says, the Yerushalmi asked the question. And you know what the Yerushalmi says? The Yerushalmi says, I'll tell you why, because it doesn't have a toga. It doesn't have a toga. You're right, it isn't up. And therefore we said, potentially you could have 40 Malachas that way. But it doesn't have a toga, so you, we don't list it as an up. An up must have a toga. Right? A father without a child is not a father. To be a father, you've got to have a child. Right? Fine. But then the run goes on and says, but the Bavli doesn't ask this question. Do you know why the Bavli doesn't ask this question? Because it's included the Motzimir Rishos and Because he says, that's the Ikonokodah of Moshe. Why can't I do Moshe? Because you're taking it from Rishos Hayafah to Rishos Harabim. Yeah? That's exactly what we're arguing about. What is Moshe? Is Moshe Tamalach in its own right? Or is it really just another way of saying Motzimir Rishos Lerashos? You're taking from one Rishos Hayafah to another to, to a Rishos Harabim. Yeah, then it, goes, it comes to rest in the, the Rosh Hashanah, the other side. That's going to be the Machlekes here. Yeah? If you go with the Yerushalmi, if you go with the Yerushalmi, so then you'll say, Yerushalmi says, it's its own Malacha. Then you'll say that Rabbi Nohai. If you take it out, if I pass it across from here, and I put it down in your, that's Motsim Rosh So of course you're Potter. Because going, you're picking up Rosh Hashayachit, you're putting down Rosh Hashayachit, you're potter. That's Moetim and Rosh What's Moshe? Moshe is a special, unique case where it's staggering two Rosh Why am I chayev? That's the Halacha Moshe, because it was done in the Mishkan. Don't try and fit it with your rules of Akira and Hanacha. It doesn't fit with those rules. It's a Malacha in its own right. So why is it not listed in the Mishnah? Because it doesn't have a Tolga. <coughs> Whereas the other Rishonim say, no, like, like the Ran says, the Babi says, it's Moetim and if it's Motimir Rishus Lerashus, well, if you pass it across like that, yeah? If you pass it across like that, that is Motimir Rishus Lerashus. Which Motimir Rishus Lerashus? I know you did the Hanukkah there. That's why it's a Chiddush Moshe. But because it went through a Rishus Harabin, it's still considered Motimir Rishus Lerashus. That's the Chiddush Moshe. The Taka, if it's staggering two, two Rishus, that doesn't fit with Motimir Rishus Lerashus because it never left the first Rishus. If it hasn't left the first Rishus entirely, you're going to be potter. I know it was a little quick at the end. I'll just start with that tomorrow and we'll move into the Gomorrah Bethesda.